Hello, and welcome to another episode of Healing Through Pain, a podcast dedicated to the mission of walking people towards healing and health. In each new episode, we will discuss how to show up well for the responsibilities and opportunities that life sends our way. Here is your host, Stephanie West, a licensed practicing counselor in the state of Michigan, a teacher, and a professor who lives her life at the intersection of mental health and education. Thanks so much for following along. to a new episode. This is officially episode 99, which just feels very cool to say Wednesday's episode will be number 100. And again, I'm going to go back to the idea that, you know, this is almost a year old at this point and consistency over time just gives us this cool archive of 100 episodes. And you can do that too in your own life. You can do small little inputs that over time add up and you can create quite a collection of success, quite a collection towards some type of objective that you have. And I encourage you, whatever that little seed is that you might be considering, you you should probably plant it and, and see what grows. Today, I'm going to weave together a couple different, I guess I would call them little thoughts to ponder, and I'm going to try to weave them into what I hope is kind of a macro message here. The first thought for today is you decide what things mean to you. And, and I decide what things mean to me. We have a lot of freedom to decide to what extent something means something to us. And so I have a friend who reached out to me earlier today, and over time she has amassed quite a few trinkets and things, and she's not quite hoarding, but it's pretty hoarding adjacent. And one of the things she said to me is just, it, things just mean so much to me, I just can't get rid of them. And so the thing that she and I are going to work on is that she is the one who has decided what value something has. And so when she decides to to minimize its value or to recalibrate its value, she's going to be able to make some different decisions. But what that really illustrates is how we think about things matters and it matters so much. And that's kind of the little segue for today. As I finished up Julius Caesar this last week with my ninth graders, I'm struck every time when we finish this up, the penultimate paragraph, it's one of the clearest, most poignant dedications to someone's arch nemesis. And so I'll weave these two things together in just a minute here. But Mark Antony has gone to war with Brutus and Cassius and Brutus, before the end of the play, they've both suicided. And we have Octavius and Antony who are left. And so they're on opposite sides. And Octavius and Antony want to give honor to those who have been honorable throughout the war, regardless of what side they were on. So as Brutus has passed away and as Cassius has passed away, they treat their servants and they treat their troops very well because the goal is to bring them over to their side and to say, you know, war is hell. War is difficult, but we don't have to continue to dehumanize people after the battle's been decided, basically. And so in that penultimate paragraph, what Antony says about Brutus is he says, this was the noblest Roman of them all. And then he says a few other things and ends with saying his life was gentle and the elements so mixed in him that the nature might stand up and say to all the world, this was a man. Think of your arch nemesis at your death instead of celebrating, just heaping accolades on you about your integrity, about your character, about your conviction to cause. And that's the main point for today is that we can be on different sides of an issue 
and still be respectful. Even further, we can be diametrically opposed to someone or something, and maybe we need to have a bunch of boundaries in place, but we can still respect one another for how we engage, for character traits, for tenacity, for whatever it is. Disagreement does not automatically mean disrespect. And I'm going to go a step further and say, if for us, someone disagreeing with us means disrespect, I think we're pretty arrogant. That's going to be where we camp out today. We can agree to disagree. We can stand on separate sides of things to a large degree and still be respectful of one another, and we can still have love for one another and empathy for one another. It's totally possible. So I'm working through this with a client right now, and she is not allowed to have opinions that are different from her mother without her mother telling her that she's being disrespectful. And so my client's in her late 30s, and what she and I are working on right now is organizing what is true in her world as it relates to disrespect. So with this client, I say to her, okay, we know your heart. We know your intention. We know how you choose to carefully and deliberately deliver any type of information to mom. We know you don't engage intentionally in a disrespectful way, but your mom has decided that disagreement in and of itself is disrespectful. So now you and I need to sort through, is that true? So client has experienced a lot of pain because she feels like every time she stands in opposition to her mother on parenting things, even on you know, holiday rituals, those types of things. She has been told that being in opposition to mom is automatic disrespect. And client is very tenderhearted. She does not want to be disrespectful. And so she and I are parceling through to be disrespectful is disrespectful. To disagree is not in and of itself disrespectful. So mom saying that she's being disrespectful does not make it true. In fact, it's something that mom has created meaning out of. Mom has decided that someone disagreeing with her is automatic disrespect. And that's a mom issue to tease apart. So client and I have to work through some skill building and we have to work through what's her priority. Does she want to engage politely or does she want to engage truthfully? Because those have different outcomes. If it's about being polite and it's about prioritizing mom's feelings, then we have a specific outcome. But if it's about truth, if it's about showing up with the, hey, we can agree to disagree, I still need to be honest with you, that's going to be a different outcome in the relationship. So she and I are having to specifically build skills where she's able to navigate the tension of feeling emotionally like she's disrespected mom when she hasn't disrespected mom. She's just disagreed with mom. So that's a note to parents. If you believe that your children always need to agree with you, that will be a relationship where I guarantee you, you will feel disrespected, but you've decided that. You've decided that disagreement is disrespect, and I'm sorry, it's just not true. Kids are supposed to test boundaries. That's how they figure out the world around them. It is not in an of itself disrespectful. Now, might they do it disrespectfully? Of course. Kids aren't very tactful, in, in a lot of cases at least. But if you've decided that conflict automatically means disrespect, you're going to disallow some natural growth that occurs when kids go out and test boundaries. So this showed up in another interesting conversation over the last week, so not related to parents and kids, but related to kind of young adults in general. So up until this last May, I have been working with young adults by way of being a college professor. And so I've walked with freshmen and sophomores, juniors and seniors over the last four years. And in general, this is a demographic where over the last 
couple years, maybe the last eight to 10 years, there's been a very tangible shift. So I was talking with the college president and another faculty member at a wedding last week, and we were discussing the struggle we see with young adults specifically and, and those who are their younger counterparts, expressing that they will not give respect unless they feel respected. And in general, so this is an over-extrapolation and I'm going to cop to that, but there's this pervasive sense that if we don't agree with students and if we don't make them comfortable, then we are being disrespectful. So to a degree, some students have decided that they're going to give respect if they agree with what we're saying and if we agree with their posture on things. And if we don't agree with them, we might get some pretty major pushback. Now, one of the ways this showed up for me is in my end of term reviews over over this last semester, one of my students wrote, and this is paraphrased, but they wrote something to, to the effect of this. She thinks she knows everything and she talks with such certainty. It's annoying. She doesn't allow us to question her. Now that's just not accurate. If a student had a question, if a student wanted to confront me, if a student wanted to challenge me, if they wanted to seek clarification, that is all part of normal classroom banter. That is the push and pull of academia. But in this student's story, they decide they didn't have the skills to do that or the desire to do that or whatever it is. So they decided that I was the problem because I happened to speak assertively. And I'm going to actually say I happen to speak very passionately about the things that excite me. And for them, there was an element of disrespect in that because number one, they disagreed with me. And number two, they didn't feel that they could push back against it. But they made that meaning. The student decided on that. The student decided not to give pushback. The student decided not to seek clarity. And then they made me the problem. Now, I've got copious amounts of flaws, and as a professor, I assure you my students point them out sometimes very eagerly. But that's not a me problem if I have to say what you need to hear for us to get along. That's not iron sharpening iron. That's not calling people into a space of refinement. And if you've decided that others disagreeing with you is disrespect, please consider that you may actually be a part of the problem. You may be taking relationships and de-emphasizing them out of a desire to emphasize your need to be right, your need to be agreed with and you disallow other adults to be autonomous, thoughtful, critical people with their own opinions, with their own perspective, with their own points of view. But you get to decide that. But also you have to decide that. You have to decide if someone disagreeing with you means that you get to disrespect them and it means that they've disrespected you. And if that's where you're at, it is a recipe for creating an echo chamber of those who agree with you. And you are going to create a dichotomy where you are putting yourself as protagonist and people who disagree with you as anti antagonist. You've decided that they're the opposition, that they're the bad guy, and that they're disrespectful. And unfortunately, that's the launching point for dehumanizing people. And so it gets really sad for me, but also scary for me when we decide that other people disagreeing with us is somehow disrespect. There is such arrogance in that. We've decided that we're right and that people who disagree with us are clearly wrong. But I want to remind you, we're the one who made that decision. That is our point of view, and our points of view are often, often faulty. One of my favorite mentors says, the best lies are the ones we happen to tell ourselves. So my goal with this episode is to encourage us to consider disagreements as a normal part of relationship. 
It is not disrespectful to be on different sides of an issue. If it's a moral issue, if it's something that we ardently disagree with, then there's probably going to have to be boundaries put in place. But disrespecting and dehumanizing someone because we disagree with their point of view is absolutely preposterous. When we are challenged, it is a very specific invitation for us to reevaluate and refine our own ideas. It gives us launching points for reflection. It gives us launching points to reconsider other people's points of view. And it invites us into deciding who we want to be when someone pushes back against us. It's an invitation to learn more about others, and it's an invitation to learn more about ourselves. It's also a great invitation to check our own ego and grow. We decide what disagreement means to us, and I hope and pray that we choose wisely and we elevate the human on the other side of a disagreement, and we don't elevate the issue and dehumanize the person with whom we disagree. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen. Please share this content with friends and family. Feel free to connect with Stephanie at healingthroughpain21 at gmail.com. Until next time, be well.